0: Good morning, and thank you once again for joining me on Chat Time with Elaine. Uh, Today, our topic is going to be God our Rescuer. And I actually did this Bible study last night with some friends, and I just wanted to share it with you today because it is a really good time to remember how in the past God has rescued us, Um, and even today, how He's working in our lives and what He's teaching us. And sometimes it's not easy, usually it's not, to just trust his timeline and that he will do as he says. And I just wanted to encourage you in this topic today by reminding you about some ways that he does rescue us, whether it be temptation and sin, whether it be salvation from the darkness and from hell, or um, whether it be from other people and maybe evil deeds that just go on around us around the world, or maybe just things like natural disaster, illness, financial troubles. So, um, there's lots of angles to kind of take this with, but I just kind of categorized it today, to three or four categories. So I hope, um, you've got your Bible and that you'll follow along with me. I will be reading the verses though, if that's, um, helpful to you. So Psalm 91, 14 and 15 is what I'll start with. One of the things God rescues us from many times, something that might even be reoccurring and, you know, some things are are a testimony to our past, but some things kind of are um, reoccurring in our life. Not that we want it to be, but sometimes it takes time to heal from something. Sometimes it takes time to um, fully not struggle with something. And some things, if we're being honest, will be maybe even a lifelong struggle. And those are the kind of things that we want to trust God with because we might be asking God, you know, why are you letting me struggle with this? Why are you letting this happen to my family? Why are you not, um, why am I not seeing that prosperity and blessing in my life yet? And, and so just to give you a few examples, God wants to calm our hearts and calm our minds in the midst of confusion and give us peace instead. But all of these things can only be added unto us if we are, one, uh, surrendering our sin to Jesus and asking Him to be our Savior. So if we don't have Jesus in our hearts as our Savior and we haven't submitted our lives to Him or repented of just sins that we have been dealing with our whole lives, like, Jesus, I want you to to know that I need a Savior. I need you in my life, and I want to repent of all these sins, and I want to submit to you in the future. And even though I will fail, Lord, thank you because you are near, and I can always come to you, and you see me, and you know me, and you love me. And it's not because we want to continue sinning, because when we are saved, um... There's like oftentimes new revelations in our lives of like, wow, this is a lifestyle that isn't godly and I shouldn't be pursuing this. Um, This wouldn't honor or please God in his commands and in his ways. And so oftentimes you have to leave things behind, but it's not always done like from one day to the next. So that's okay. God is still even now perfecting us. So anyway, I'll read psalm ninety one, fourteen and fifteen. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So I think it's very important to look at the first few words here because he loves me, says the Lord. So, um, I'm sorry if these are maybe convicting words and yet at the same time I'm not because it is important to allow that conviction into our lives at times and the Holy Spirit does it so much better than I could do it or than any, you know, speaker. But, um, God wants you to know today that if you're not submitting your life to Him, seeking first the kingdom and everything, that maybe you got some things to ponder and some things to consider, especially if you're the type of person who goes, "Well, God, where where's the where's the crop? Where is where's everything uh, that you promised me? Why isn't this happening yet?" Now, a lot of us struggle with doubt. A lot of us struggle with um, wanting to see things in order to believe. But faith isn't in the seeing. It's in the believing and in the trusting. And um, if we're being honest with ourselves, you can look back at your life and oftentimes see how God has come through before. Which is why I even recommend journaling or keeping like a prayer journal to see very clearly that God has answered our prayers not always in the way we expect not always in the time we expect but God is sovereign and he he's been faithful there are many times in my life that I need to even remember and meditate on and be like wow God thank you thankfulness opens up those doors to like to like view God as who he is sovereign and creator and to give him praise and glory for that so thankfulness is a gateway into just adoration of the Lord. So I definitely recommend even in your devotional every day to like just give thanks, just list off the things you're thankful for. And, um, I know with my husband and I, we've written each other cards and notes and letters over the years. And I always enjoy going back and reading those and just being encouraged in our love and remembering all the good times that we've had. Um, It's fun to create memories today, but I just love to look back at the other memories, too. I want to appreciate them for what they are and how special they are to me. And in the same way, well, not in the same way, in an even more beautiful way, God loves us deeply more than anybody can fathom, even more than your spouse, even more than your kids, even more than your best friend. Jesus loves us in a complete and holy way. And so when we write him, if you will, love letters or just like a journal entry, kind of sometimes I like write letters to God. It's like a prayer, but like written down. And you can go back and look at the prayer requests that you had and look at the things you were asking God for and how you clamored and how you cried. And, and just remember how God did follow through. You can even date it so you can see that. And maybe even like when you have kids one day or maybe even your grandkids, you can show them like, Look, look at these ways that God has been faithful. He will be faithful for you too. But you must seek him first, submit to him in all your ways, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if there's something today that you are not submitting to God, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your mental health, maybe it's um, just your fears, your insecurities, um, your stresses, your concerns, um, a sinful habit that you have and you know that you struggle with it and you know that you have it, but you just kind of push it aside or avoid it or ignore it. Um, and that, and that for me, I don't know why, but my mind goes to like sexual immorality when I think about that or lust, but temptation is all kinds of things. Sin can be pride. Um, sin can be, um, lying, cheating, stealing, Um, coveting, just being jealous of what other people have. Um, There's lots of things that God is working on each of us, and it's not usually one thing, right? It's usually many areas, but sometimes we wrestle with one a little bit more depending on the season of our lives or um, our backgrounds and where we've been and where we come from, and we can submit all that to God. There is no chain too great or too heavy that God cannot break. There is nothing too great, God. He's the God of the impossible. And I know sometimes we struggle with shame because Satan likes to shame us. He likes to tempt us and then he shames us right afterwards. So terrible. And he he tells us, you know, you're not good enough. You know, you're stuck. God doesn't care about you where you are. You know, you're too small to even see. You're invisible. You're too deep in this sin. That is not true. All those lies. All that chaos that comes from Satan that does not ever come from the Lord. Satan tempts us, but the Lord loves us and He gives us grace. And um, it does pain God's heart to see us in sin, especially when it's like intentional um, and habitual in our lives. But but He still loves us, and He's still waiting. You know, He's waiting for you to come to Him and to seek Him, and when you do, like the prodigal son. He'll come running and he'll hold you in his arms and he'll kiss your face because he's that good. So I want to move on to the next topic. Um, Psalm 91 was talking about how God just answers us. When we hold fast to him, when we call to him, he will answer. Another thing he rescues us from is our sin and the darkness. This one is something that we celebrate on Easter and hopefully year round, is that God rescued us from our own sin Because when we're born, I mean, we've already got the nature of sin within us. And um, because we live in an imperfect world. And he just rescues us from the dominion of darkness. So we're going to look at Colossians 1.13. And it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So... When Christ died upon the cross, and when he sacrificed for us, he did that so that we could have eternal life in him. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now Jesus went through all that, and, and yet not everyone is saved. More people need to know the good news. More people need to hear the gospel. And that is the job of all Christians around the world to just witness and tell everybody the good news and tell them about Jesus and how we need a Savior because if we're really facing reality, we're broken. We might have good lives and happy lives at times, but ultimately they don't satisfy. We have sin in our lives that needs to be cleansed, and we might not see that totally now, but we know that Christ died so that we could be in heaven, so that we could be heaven-bound and not hell-bound. So when Christ died, he really did remove that, you know, that stain of sin. He made us white as snow. And along with that sin, we no longer have to, you know, we can choose Jesus so that we are not punished and so that we are made right and made whole. So he sacrificed for us so that we didn't have to be bound by the chains of sin anymore. Transposed by the light was another version I read. So that one is something that all Christians can be thankful for because that is the case. He died for everyone. He loved everybody and he wants everybody to come to him. Not everybody will. Uh, we know that the path is narrow to Jesus and that only some will choose it. But, um, I mean, God would like more and more people in his kingdom. It's just going to be up to people and their choices. So... You just have to submit your life to him and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to be my savior. And it doesn't have to be some fancy prayer. It can just be humble. Jesus came into this world as a humble baby boy in a manger, born amongst animals, you know, he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And yet he chose to show us that he came in humility and that he wanted to dwell with us and show us that. You know, though he was divine and a perfect human, he wanted to kind of commune with us and teach us and be on our level. You know, he wasn't rich. You know, you might think of a king as rich and wealthy and um, living in a palace and wearing jewels but and robes maybe back in the day. But Jesus wanted to come and show us that being a Christian isn't about having all those things. It's not wrong to have those things. But ultimately, he cares about where our heart is. He cares about the fruit of the spirit in our lives. He cares about if we surrender things to him, if we're trusting him with everything. And it's a process. So at the same time, I don't want you to beat yourself up if you're like, why can't I just give this over to God? It's good for you too, but there is a certain amount of patience you have to have in like Self control, and you have to like develop these things, you know. And you need mentors and you need community. Sometimes we can't do things by ourselves. First of all, we need God and His strength. Second of all, we need community. So, if there's something that you're struggling with that you just alone haven't been able to defeat or bring to the light, you need to bring it to the light. You need to bring it to the light to someone you trust. And they can help you and pray for you and hold you accountable. The other thing God rescues us from is our distress. Another word for that is anxiety and emotional turmoil. So I think everybody has struggled with anxiety at some point or another. Some people struggle with it a lot more. Some people a lot less. But I'm sure we've all experienced kind of a form of anxiety, whether it be before an exam because you didn't study enough maybe or because... Um, You don't know what's going to happen on your wedding day or because you don't know, like, if your loved one is going to come home safely from um, any military functions and battles and wars, or overseas, I mean to say. Um, You know, there's all kinds of reasons we could have anxiety. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense to us. We can't really pinpoint what's the anxiety problem. And some people know, oh, I'm anxious because, you know. We have a deadline on this. So could be all kinds of anxiety. And he can rescue us from mental health issues. He can, He can rescue us from depression. He can rescue us from that emotional heaviness, if you will. So I want to read to you the Psalms. This is, I mean, there's a lot of great encouragements in the Psalms where you can read how, you know, we need rescuing and God will follow through. It's very encouraging. Uh, so today I'll read Psalm one hundred seven twenty eight, And it says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. I mean, it's just a quick sentence. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. Um, God will rescue you. Sometimes we want him to rescue us from the whole thing. Just take me out of here, God. Just take me out of this season of life. Take me out of this year. Just fast forward me to somewhere good, you know, the next chapter I'm ready. But sometimes God wants us to sit in that season and I, there's many reasons as to why. And maybe I can do a Bible study topic on that another time because that is a good topic. But God is always working on us in some way, whether it's to be a testimony to other people or to strengthen our relationship with Him and draw us nearer, whether it's to te- like, maybe even like, um, put us through a trial because He wants us to endure because everything is for our good and so that we can persevere until the end. And so He will bring us out of our distress, but not always out of the situation. So maybe you're going through a difficult circumstance, and you just feel peace, you just feel joy, you just feel strengthened, and people around you might go, um, "Hello, you're losing your house. Why are you, why are you having peace about this?" You know, some people, especially people who are not saved and don't know Jesus, kind of have this veil over their eyes. They haven't had that revelation of God's love, God's strength, God's peace, God's joy. And that's a really great testimony to be able to handle things, especially difficult things in a way that the world does not understand and thus get to use that and share the good news and the gospel and say, I'm not basing my happiness on what is going on in my life. I'm basing my happiness on the fact that God is good. God has saved me and I trust him and he's going to follow through in this part of my life. I'm not saying we should be irresponsible or that there isn't a certain amount of concern we should have if we're going through something difficult, but God is always near and he will bring us through it. He will. And um, that can be a wonderful testimony. It can encourage us, our families, our communities, our churches. So the more that we commune with God, aka have a Devo with him, dive into his words, spend time just in the stillness in prayer and asking God, you know, what are you trying to teach me? You know, your will be done, Lord, not mine. Things are going to happen. You're going to see things stirring up in your life. You're going to see God, um, working on you and increasing the fruit in your life. And it won't always be easy, but it will be rewarding and it will be worth it. Um, I'm sure that there are more more things that he rescues us from, but I've got just a couple more here. He rescues us from the temptation to sin. So we'll look at Matthew 6.13. And for me, this means like with God, we can always kind of be brought through temptation. Sometimes it might not feel like it because there is a strong desire, a strong urge to do something we know we should not do. And yes, we have failed, And, you know, then there we go. Satan shames us and guilts us. But we are forgiven. But we do need to bring that to the Lord. We do need to ask for help when we need it. Um, It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So another word for rescuing, in my opinion, is deliverance or deliverer. So you could say, God, my rescuer, God, my savior, God, my deliverer. He delivers us from temptation and does not tempt us beyond what we can handle because he did want to make a way for us to choose not to sin Um, that isn't to say he expects us to be perfect but you know there is a certain amount of righteousness that we need to pursue in our lives and godliness and if something is sinful we should be working on giving it up and i think the lord knows our hearts so Sometimes people try to criticize us or reprimand us. Some do it well and wisely, and some people do not. And God is going to convict you in a very loving way. Sometimes He will convict you, like, no, you you cannot be doing this. But there are often times when we are really, truly repentant and remorseful, you'll see God like stirring in your heart, you know, I still love you. It's going to be okay. I've rescued you. You're already healed, you're already saved. I've forgiven you, but you just need to repent. Like, um, I think when I do my prayers, oftentimes I want to start with thankfulness, like the model prayer, and then, you know, maybe uh, petitions for myself and others, and just also just like, God, if there's anything in my life, I, I, I want to repent of that, and I want to give it to you. And if it's something that I know I did wrong or that I'm struggling with in that day, I will give that up to him specifically. But but sometimes, you know, I ask God, like, show me, like, what is the next thing you want me to work on? Because I think that's a good thing and a humble thing to say, I know I'm still not perfect, even if I overcame this. So what else? <laughs> and that can be a hard prayer to pray, but it's good. It is good. Another uh, verse on temptation 1 Corinthians 10.13, sorry, the other one I read was Matthew 6.13, so they're kind of, Matthew 6.13 was the first one, 1 Corinthians 10.13 is the one I will read now. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Yes, amen. Um, I definitely recommend that you study some of these passages more um, fully and more personally. They've been really good for me to kind of look at and remember. Uh, My final uh, kind of category here that I wrote was that he rescues us from an evil world and from evil people and evil deeds. So sometimes Uh, There are things going on in our lives that aren't necessarily sinful. They're just a product of the world that we live in, which is broken and sinful and uh, that needs a savior and rescuing. And uh, I really liked all those movies, the Avenger movies and stuff. So even when I think of that, I'm like... Isn't it cool to think of a superhero, you know, someone who can fly or someone who can see the future, someone who can scale walls, like all that is cool, but imagine God, he is the ultimate superhero. He is the ultimate savior. Those things we see in the movies are not real, but the concept that we need rescuing and saving because we cannot always protect ourselves and do everything and that we need help from evil. That's a true concept. God is the greatest hero of all. Um, When there's natural disasters, um, you know, that's something we can't control. uh, Weather and such. And it can be a fearful thing. And we ask God to protect us from stuff like that. Illness, like, that's part of living in a broken world. We don't like to think about that and death and stuff. But but that is part of living in a broken world. And yet Christians don't have to fear that because if you've surrendered your life to Christ and you've repented, you know that you're going to go to heaven one day when you pass away or if Jesus comes back first, whichever happens first, right? Um, We know that God has done miracles many a time. We see it in the Bible. We can even see it today sometimes, not as often sometimes, but people have seen others healed. Uh, There's still the, You know, gifts of the spirit and people can be healed. People can see miracles. I've heard of many miracle stories in my life as far as healing goes. Um, And a lot of that has to do with prayer, praying for one another, which is why it's good to like know what's going on in people's lives so you can pray for them where two or more are gathered in his name, you know. Um, So I'll read you this verse, 2 Timothy 4.18. It says the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever, amen. So there are times where Christians get burned. We know that people didn't like Jesus. Not everybody liked Jesus, some people did. And so we know that as Christians following Jesus, some people won't like us either. People will be offended by our faith. He will be offended by the truth we stand for, which is the good truth and the real truth. Some people do not even like to hear the name of Jesus. Sometimes you can't even say it at a workplace or at school. Um, stuff like that. Um, or at least the teachers, you know, the like the company leaders. Uh, so, so we need to just trust that God is watching over us. You know, if we are walking with the Lord and commuting with the Lord, and doing our devotionals, and praising Him, and just being open to what He wants to teach us day in, and day out, and not doing things from our own understanding or from our own strengths, but just totally relying on Jesus. Like, when you have a problem, who do you run to first? Jesus or someone else? Again, it's not wrong to run to a community that you trust, but... my goal is to run to Jesus firstly. Pray to him and ask him for peace about it. Pray to him and ask him for wisdom. Pray to him and ask him for healing, whatever my need might be. Because I know that he can satisfy all of that. Um, like I want to go directly to the source, you know? Um, And I was studying the armor of God, and I want to say this was my last podcast if you want to check it out, and I'm still kind of working on that, thinking about it a little bit, but um, we can have the, the different components of the armor of God spiritually and be protected from temptation and the flaming arrows of the devil. So there are times that things might get to us, you know, and we're like, okay, God, God, why did you let this happen? But we can overcome that with forgiveness, grace, spiritual and physical healing, all kinds of stuff. So the gifts of the Spirit, right? Putting on love, loving kindness, um, being merciful. And if you look at Jesus' life on earth, he, he did all those things and he practiced all those things so that we could learn from him, from his example, so it's good to look at the characteristics of God of Jesus and and kind of say, I want to be more like that. Christian means little Christ, means to follow in Jesus's footsteps, and to live the way he lived. As far as like uh, the fruit of the spirit that he showed so prominently, and the wisdom that he showed, you know. Sometimes we're too quick to say, "Oh, I know the answer to this," but. As hard as it is to hear it, God wants us to be teachable. He doesn't want us to always feel like we know everything. You know, like the Pharisees, like, this is the law, this is how you have to do it. God isn't a religious God, he's a he's a good God, and he wants us to live in a godly way. But we have to be open to what He's, he's teaching us. Now, that's why we also have to know the Bible, because sometimes it would be hard to know the truth if we don't know God's truth, which is reading in the word. And I believe that the Holy Spirit convicts us of things. But you might be easily deceived if you don't memorize your scripture, if you don't study your scripture. So I recommend you do that um, as often as you can. And it's something that we need to prioritize in our life that we have to take seriously, you know. Um, There really is spiritual warfare going on around us. We know that our battles aren't with flesh and blood, but with principalities and spiritual things. And we have to not fear that, but just be aware of that. So when something happens maybe with another person, like a conflict, we can know, you know, my fight isn't really with this person. It's just with that evil sin that's, you know in our lives at times, and we just need to give that up to the Lord and say, I will not enter this unhealthy conflict, you know, and you can learn about boundaries and how to implement some of that in your life. I think that's a God honoring thing, but we do need to seek him first. We do need to trust him first I know that God has brought people to him that weren't necessarily strong in the faith or even knew if they, you know, believed there was a God. And God does that, you know. He's always seeking us out. He's chasing after us. His love is relentless. Amen. But um, if you know of God and you're in a relationship with him as far as your faith walk with him, we need to continually, daily lean on him, place our trust in him, seek him first, say, God, I sometimes I don't know what you're doing, but that's okay, because I'm not God, you are, and I trust you, and I will not lean on my own understanding. Um, and again, we do need to recognize and confess our sin in our lives, and sometimes we might not know that we're in sin, so it's good to pray and ask God, like, reveal Any, you know, any things in my life that I need to give up to you yet? Remember that when he rescues us, whether it's something that he's already rescued you from, has currently rescued you from, or maybe in the future will rescue you from, deliver you from, he is developing a testimony in your life to encourage you, your family, but also to encourage other people. We can use our testimonies to share them with people on a more personal level, So people know they're not alone in their struggles. So people know that there is a God of hope who can save them too. Um, In some of these battles that we have, sometimes we ask God, like, why am I still in this dark spot? Why am I still not healed from this? Why am I still not, you know, joyful? Why am I still not, you know, in the position in life that I want to be in? Uh, why have I still not found you know my spouse? All these questions that we might have. Um, I, I don't have a perfect answer for you, but I do know that he's teaching you something. We don't like to be told what to do or told wait or told no, but sometimes we need to accept those answers for the time being. God can fulfill you no matter what season of life you're in. You don't have to wait to be happy or joyful until you reach this goal. Today, you can be happy. Today, you can have joy. And it doesn't have to be because of your circumstances. Circumstances are fleeting. You might have a great day today and a bad day tomorrow, and it might not even be like because of a specific thing. It might just be your emotions or your mood. So we have to give that up to Jesus. And we have to know that he's teaching us to grow closer to him somehow some way he will work all things together for our good i believe that's romans 8 28 let me double check yes and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose god has a purpose for our lives he's teaching us something he's working on me he's going to make me a beautiful masterpiece He's working in his own time and little by little I'm seeing him piece things together and I'm thankful that he's letting me even see it because he doesn't even have to let me see it, but to encourage me, he lets me see some of those bits and pieces that he's working on today. So finally he rescues us because he loves us, but he also is glorifying himself. Every time God saves someone, rescues someone, um, encourages someone, it's glorifying Him. Amen. Because we're choosing to trust Him and endure, and just because He can, and He's good, and He's a God of miracles and the God of the impossible. God rescued His people, the Israelites, time and time again, even though they often ran from Him and His commands. And in the same way, He chases after us too. Even when we don't believe that we need his rescuing, he's chasing after you. So there is hope for even those with the hardest heart. So if you're praying for someone today, don't be discouraged. Keep praying for them. You're planting a seed in their lives and God hears you. So keep praying for someone's salvation today and be committed to do so. So um, thanks for so much for joining me in this podcast. I hope it really encouraged you. Um, feel free to share with me any thoughts you had, any reflections, any comments. And remember that God is the greatest hero of all time, and he's real.